me at Jello, Jello. You had me at Jello. You had me at Jello. Oh, you had me at Jello. Hi, everybody. Five o'clock on a Friday again. Time to press pause on whatever you were doing before. I know I like to spend this time and just go kind of, it can be outside of your, what you've normally been uh, thinking or doing and just get to know another cellist and their background with the cello, what inspires them, their approach to inspiring their students. It's, it's fun. I hope you have even half as much fun as I do. This week, my guest is Karina Voli, and I'm thrilled to have her uh, on the program, as it were. Karina, how are you doing? Doing great. How are you, Benjamin? I'm doing, I'm doing really very well, thank you. And now for our viewers, can you tell uh, your musical background and uh, how you got where you are today? Sure. So I'm a cellist, um, obviously, and um, I started actually quite late in life. Uh, music was always a very important part of my life. My parents are not musicians, but since very, very, very early in life, they were playing classical music. Uh, um, I remember even my dad telling me stories about uh, um, uh, why or how this music was composed going in in his car to school he would turn the radio on and and would uh, ask us to uh, imagine uh, something that was going on while the music was playing what story was going on and that was I probably was five six years old I still remember that so fondly and um, so it was always a very uh, music oriented environment although not music performing um, however, I started at, at five years old, I did start to play guitar. Uh, my mom was taking lessons um, and, and I would sit patiently. I don't remember this. This is what she tells me. And, um, uh, and, and my mom was struggling with trying to play chords in the guitar until maybe a few months uh, into her lessons, she found me with her guitar playing very easily whatever she was she had been learning, which is <laughs> years later thinking about this is very much the Suzuki approach to 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 learning the, the mother tongue, you know, of, of, of hearing a parent. So I got guitar lessons after that. And um, um, growing up in, in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Um, so so this is uh, something that um, pretty much everybody I know can play at least a little bit of guitar. Uh, but then um, you sing. It's a culture that has a lot of singing. And so I played and learned a lot of uh, um, folkloric, Argentine folklore music, and then South American folklore music. And I was always passionate about something music related and singing. And, and uh, at 15 years old, I actually played the electric guitar uh, for a little bit. I wanted to play rock, American, you know, British rock uh, of the, you know, 70s, 80s, maybe. Um, um, and, and, and I was playing also uh, recorder, early music. It was such a splash of all over the map of, of things that I was interested in. Um, and thinking that I was going to actually be a teacher of English as a second language uh, until music was so over, you know, flowing my whole life that I realized that probably this is something that I, I, I really feel passionate about. And what can we do? I was singing in a choir. I was 
uh, uh, taking uh, classes for uh, uh, music theory, composition, all kinds of things. And, and then um, I thought maybe choir conducting and the choir conductor had started to study orchestra conducting and he was kind of a hero. So I thought, huh? orchestra conducting and he said you need to play an orchestra in, in in an orchestra before you you get into conducting um by this time i was already 18 years old mind you and so um i thought percussion you know woodwinds brass uh, wind instruments I, I had recorder i had a little bit of introduction to the percussion but the bowed instruments that sit in front of the orchestra were totally foreign to me. And so violin and viola seemed very uncomfortable and the bass was too big. <laughs> and I thought, oh, no, what, whatever, cello, let's do cello for a little bit and then I'll get into conducting, you know. And I tend to say sometimes that the cello actually chose me um, because as soon as I got a cello uh, in my hands, you know, that the, the, all the rest was totally forgotten forever. And so, so there it is. Um, I had a quite a late start uh, in Buenos Aires, in a um, in a country that had just had was in the middle of a of a military dictatorship, um, and uh, where all the universities, conservatories, places where people could learn to think, uh, were being closed, um, and so um, all my music friends were leaving. Um, um, Conservatory had very few, um, the teacher ha had a fantastic Russian teacher. He was really uh, very caring and, and whatnot, but my lessons were 15 minutes long. We had to share a full hour with four students. Um, so it was very difficult to, to actually uh, learn. And um, I got a fantastic scholarship to, to study um, in Israel. Um, and so I applied. I, I it's kind of a miracle that I got into this university because with uh, at 23, 24 years old, having started so late with the cello, um, um, it was really, I'm really thankful that, that I was accepted and, and I, I really had a wonderful experience um, in, in Jerusalem. Um, after which I thought I was going back to Argentina. I never did, I mean, just to visit. Um, and I um, ended up, you know, looking for scholarships, places where I could go do a master's degree. Um, and I came to the US uh, and started my master's degree in Milwaukee, uh, in Wisconsin. And um, uh, halfway through that first year, I met uh, Uri Vardy, um, cello teacher extraordinaire, who I know that you're familiar with. <laughs> um, and um, and long story short, I ended up moving to Madison, Wisconsin, and I finished my master's degree there and stayed for the for the next twenty years in in Madison, developing a um, a beautiful cello studio. I became very involved with the youth orchestra in Madison, and ended up uh, directing a and and the the. A chamber music program for them so it was it was a really great thing uh, so that's that was my wisconsin part of my of my life you know which continued on and on um <laughs> always looking for different opportunities different things uh, it so also happened um that my family uh, 
all lived in Miami, Florida, actually. And so I was very fortunate to, to uh, apply and get a job as director of community engagement with the New World Symphony uh, under Michael Tilson Thomas, which was just an incredible experience uh, <laughs> to see all these things happening, you know, being surrounded by fellows. It's a, a training, orchestral training academy, uh, fellows that... Um, that are from the top universities and programs around the country, around the world, um, and being taught how to be a, a good orchestral musician and how to get into those big orchestras. My job was more to get them familiar with uh, community engagement activities. Mm. Um, but I had stopped teaching pretty much at that point. So three years of that. Um, and um, with the words of uh, Marvin Rabin that always kept telling me, a fabulous educator for those of you who are not familiar with who, who he is or who he was, um, such an inspiration. And I would have to call him and give him uh, weekly reports at the time of what I was doing. And he, our conversation always ended up, Karina, you can't stop teaching. <laughs> he was right. He was very right. Uh, <laughs> And so that was that was part of my inspiration, and 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 uh, um, I was also very fortunate. There was an opening for a for a, a, a program directorship in uh, one of the local youth youth orchestras here in San Diego, um, which I thought would be something that would allow me to to teach. So I moved to San Diego, and um, um, I tried for a whole year to teach and direct this program not not a good not a good match any administrative uh, uh, job um, with such a big organization you know it, it doesn't allow uh, didn't allow me enough time for teaching and at the, at the, so after one year I was also very fortunate I always say I, I have a guardian angel or something that guides my life with a cello and with teaching and with music um, I met uh, my now colleague and friend, uh, Travis Merrill, who's the viola professor at the University of San Diego, uh, San, San Diego State University, sorry. Um, and we have a very similar uh, approach to teaching, some similar ideas. And um, he had been uh, wanting to create a string academy very much in the model of Mimi Swig's uh, uh, string academy in Bloomington, Indiana. Um, the rest is history. It's been nine years now. We grew our program from 15, 20 students that we had between the two of us at the beginning to about 100 these days. Um, uh, all kinds of instruments, String Academy, co-curricular program with the, um, uh, with the San Diego State University, both performance and music education students. So performing a lot less these days. Um, because I'm teaching, I'm helping, you know, develop all these programs. Um, but I'm getting there, you know, finding the right balance of, of, of things to to do. But I'm teaching, I'm I have my, my studio at this moment has 24. I have 24 wonderful cello students ages five through 18. Nice. Actually, I have a couple of adults too in the in the midst. So there you go, a little long, but there, there that's the the gist of it. <laughs> that's a, that's excellent. I mean, what what a um, breadth of musical background in terms of not only the, the instruments early on, early exposure, and then the different uh, countries and and then parts of America. I mean, it's 
Wow, <laughs> that is that is a lot. And you have um, you, you. I remember when you were in Wisconsin, for example, you you always had a, a cello studio with a, a very good track record of of great students, great track record of of, of solid students. And and so for this next question. Um, I'm very curious to hear what your approach is when you find a student that, I mean, there are a fair number of students that maybe whether they, um, they, they're, they feel like their love of music is just fine, but other things call them instead of the cello and they don't end up practicing and achieving as much as they could if they were to practice. What do you do to kind of light that particular fire and show them just how much they can achieve? So there's a couple of things that go into the mix of this. The first thing that I need to make sure is that this is something that the kids are doing because they want to to be in a in a, a, a private lesson uh, with with cello. Um, and and uh, sometimes you know motivation I find is so different. You know the the one that I feel less happy about is when students take cello lessons because we, it will look good in their transcripts. And so that's kind of a killer of a mo mo any kind of motivation because if you don't like to play, if you don't understand what this gives you, you know this is it makes it very difficult. I think uh, part of the success is. Uh, as some wise uh, person once uh, I once read that said is 80% who you are and 20% uh, um, of, of your knowledge or your ability to put into practice these things. So um, I think that having an outgoing personality and an and engaging personality is part of, you know, part of the success, part of the importance of things uh, to get a, to make a very uh, personal connection with my students is another important thing. Um, having uh, Building a community where uh, my students, I always in Wisconsin, I do this also here, I really enjoy having my students meet each other, support each other, find things that are common to them, join uh, local youth orchestras, uh, uh, find other things that rather than just practicing your cello alone. I am a firm believer in working with colleagues in the community. You have been one of the uh, awesome uh, colleagues that have taught master classes for my students um, when I was in, in Madison, um, amongst many other, Mr. Vardy, uh, uh, Carl Levine, you know, uh, uh, as much as I could, I involved uh, all my friends uh, and colleagues uh, to, uh, to to build, you know, the community, that community, not just of students, but also of teachers having uh, recitals often where the kids can perform their uh, um, their pieces that they're learning. So there's a lot of all these things are are great motivators, um, maybe sometimes indirectly, because you practice more when you have to perform. And you have to polish. And um, what I was very uh, happy since I came to San Diego is the ability of having weekly group classes where we reinforce a material that has been happening during the week um, in private lessons. Uh, students play for each other. That we have an accompanist uh, on staff that will uh, will play with the kids, so they have the ability of playing with the pianist, not just a fifteen-minute rehearsals and 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 a concert. So. 
there's a lot of things that sort of build the, you know, the, that motivation. Um, conversations with students and conversations with parents where I explain, you know, all these byproducts of, of taking music lessons, which I really think it's very important to understand. I do not expect, and I don't want actually, to have all my students be music majors, uh, performance majors, when do they go to college? Um, it's, a, it's a difficult profession. You have to have a vocation. You have to understand also that orchestra jobs are not uh, always available. Uh, uh, so there's a lot of other activities that you that you can do as a as a musician, as a as a performance major even. Um, but regardless of that, it's the attention to detail, the attention to the the uh, disposition of of the commitment of starting an activity and finishing it, um, of understanding. How, to, how do you find a problem? You know, this is one of the very uh, important things that I always tell my students, this is important for cello, but it's also a good life uh, coaching thing. Um, you need to know what your problem is if you, if you need to solve it. So if your problem is a shift between two notes, you know, which are your two notes that you're struggling with? And so if you know what the problem is, then we can find a solution to, or try to find a solution, different tactics, to, to fix it. Um, and, and I really think that these are life skills. Um, the ability to express uh, your feelings, to say what you think about stuff. Um, I, um, I, I remember I, I had, not, it was not very long ago, one of my students uh, was doing her first communion um, and the father came back uh, and told me that um, he was incredibly impressed that this kid, who's very shy, um, the priest asked who wanted to say some words for the whole community, and she stepped up and and she spoke very nicely in front of everybody. And I said, that's what your cello lessons have given you, because the comfort of playing an instrument in front of an audience really prepares you for an interview, uh, for a speech that you are going to be doing in the future. So. These are some of the examples in which I really think that it's incredibly important to, to understand all these byproducts of things that we learn. Attention to detail. That's one of the most incredible, very important ones, you know, that, that, we, that we get. We have to pay attention. What are we doing? What, what style is this music? Listen to a lot of music. Let's go to concerts. I just had a group of 15 of my, sorry, not 10 of my students that we attended a concert with a cellist that was uh, coming through town and, and we got to go to the concert. After the concert, I ask everybody, everybody knows that they have to tell me what they liked, what they thought, uh, what they what they would like to do. If, is there any piece that, that you would like to learn or to learn more about it? So it's not just about sitting and playing notes there that's one of the um another one of the motivators of like oh yeah this is um part of what i want to do a funny story one of my students what this was a while back i think i was still in madison we want to we went to listen to yo-yo ma and this six-year-old kid told me he did not have cello feet <laughs> <laughs> That's precious. That was lovely. 
she was paying attention to all these things. And of course, I told her, you know, when you get to be as good as your <laughs> yeah. mom, you can, you can do whatever you want. So. <laughs> he doesn't. He really doesn't. I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> That's very funny. Uh, I love this. I love uh, one of the things I definitely want to uh, will share with the audience as well is your uh, on your, your website, you have a teaching philosophy page, which is excellent. I love all the bullet points. And then when you talk about these byproducts, I really like it. I don't see that in too many teaching philosophies, but it, I think it's, again, it kind of reflects your, uh, your breadth of your musical background in terms of also your breadth of thinking about these various skills and how they tie in with uh, other, other aspects of life or of thinking or of approach of problem solving or uh, these sorts of things. So I, I, I really enjoyed that. And then your also your comment about the attention to detail is one that has not been highlighted much by other people on this series. And it's another very good point in that so often when we are victim of our own bad habits, it's because we have these blind spots, you know, and our brain kind of fills in, well, I, I, you know, either you, you hear what was what you intended to hear in your brain and you didn't actually hear what came out of your instrument or or whatever the case is, or you're unaware that you're doing a particular motion a particular way. And to kind of put on that Sherlock Holmes hat for those details will help make those sorts of, uh, you know, if they help you catch those problems when they're kind of incipient and you can still do something about them rather relatively easily rather than once they're entrenched and it's so much work to uh, that's true but it's also there is also another very important component to this benjamin which is it all has to happen in a very non-judgmental way um and that's another thing that um uh, that's important i do not believe in oh honey that was awesome no 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 i you will never hear this from me if <laughs> i will say okay I can find something that was very good about it, but let's find what the problem is. Are you happy with it? And that's another thing that's important. The student needs to think about it. I do not tell them everything that they need to fix or everything that um, that that has to be addressed. Um, and so little by little, I build the confidence, you know, self-confidence, uh, uh, you know, self-esteem, another byproduct of knowing, okay, it was not perfect, but I know what was not perfect and how I can, I can fix it. Um, now, do these, do these, both the, the idea of thinking in terms of these byproducts and, and what you're talking about now, do you think they also stem from your own um, proclivity also for administrative thinking and for entrepreneurship? Do you know what I mean? I think the uh, the entrepreneurship part is true. I I, I really think so, um, and because I have so many interests in so many different things, and I am I love them, uh, and so I think it's kind of it must be contagious. You know, I don't do this on purpose, but usually I have a project and I want to do stuff, and and I always find that there's people that will follow me. Um, <laughs> 
I even had a couple of students that have told me that they stuck in cello lessons, not because they necessarily were so interested in the lessons, but because they loved to come to the lessons. And so that's, that's already, I can't, you know, I wish I could say something about how I do this, but I really don't. I think it's 80% who you are, I guess, that, that probably fits in there and never try to be someone that you're not. Um, so the, because the kids know the younger, the younger, even the younger they are, they, they can tell, you know, the moment you open your mouth, uh, if you're, if you're true or not. And, and I think that that's, this is who I am. This is what I like to do. You know, that I'm here to help. Um, and, and that's, I think a great motivator, the entrepreneurial part of it is, is they know that I will ask them to do a lot of other things, listening to music. Mm -hmm. um, one of my former students who uh, uh, was, I don't know why we started to talk about Piazzolla, for example, uh, Argentine composer who wrote a lot of tango music. Um, and we listen to it. And these days, uh, uh, this former student is an amazing ethnomusicologist who is teaching at a university with his area of expertise, Argentina and the tango. And I know that I had quite a bit to do with this. So that was not my intention and, and the, the, the necessarily, but to, that is what happens when you are true to yourself, you express what you, your likes and things and, and students will, will, you know, take it from there. I don't think that it takes a lot of uh, uh, extra learning. You don't learn this in, in a university. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, very good. Now, um, I, I, how did the Crossroads Trio come about? What's the story? So, this was um, this was at the when we were students still at the university in in Madison. Um, so a pianist from Malta, and a flutist from New York, and this cellist from Argentina. We crossed roads. We crossed paths over there, and and uh, we we liked all kinds of different styles of music, and that's what we we ended up doing. I always say. I, I love to play chamber music so much. And uh, the combination of a flute with cello piano rather than a violin, the more traditional uh, um, ensemble of violin cello piano, it has such a rich uh, component to it. And unfortunately, fortunately and unfortunately, there isn't a lot of music written for this kind of ensemble. And with the entrepreneurial uh, 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 skills and, and, and liking of the three of us, actually, we started to find composers, we started to arrange music, we started to find people who would arrange music for us. Um, and so we ended up with a very eclectic mix of crossover, classical slash jazz slash Latin American, um, <laughs> all kinds of things. Um, and, and it was all wonderful adventures. We were in Malta um, and we performed in this theater from the 1600s, which was just amazing and we got to meet the composer of one of the pieces that we that we played there um being there was amazing because the sounds from the streets and the crazy traffic and and whatnot suddenly made a lot of sense on the music that we were playing um and, and when i understood it a lot better <laughs> once that we were there so 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 it was um 
music that had some sort of ethnic content uh, or or belonging to a place. And mm. so we played a, a few piazzola, um, a few, you know, we of course did the more traditional Martineau, uh, um, flute, cello, piano, trio, that, that this kind of music, but it was very, mm -hmm, it was very interesting to do this, the, the, Life took us though to very many different places, and so we we stopped playing together a little bit ago. Although there's a reunion coming for next year, nice. <laughs> we are making plans. Um, the flutist is in Rochester, the pianist is in Madison, and I'm here in San Diego, so we'll cross paths again. Good, mm. good. Well, that makes a good segue to what are uh, some of the other things on your plate for 2022 performances and projects so projects i i have a couple of really interesting projects going on one of them is a a composer that just retired from the ohio state university um uh, and moved to san diego jan rodzinski you may have heard this name and you may have met him because he was friends with uh, professor vardy at the um ah. and so uh, he uh, he played a few pieces that Jan Radinsky composed for him. So now that he's here in San Diego, I would love to have some of his uh, music being performed. I'm working on on a, a couple of his pieces that I love. Uh, prayer that he that he wrote that 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 he wrote that's so beautiful, and uh, uh, that's one one thing that I really want to to play. Um, but I also um, want to bring his son to play. Um, uh, with a university orchestra, a concerto um, that uh, that Jan just finished writing, and this son of his is the principal violinist of the Israeli Philharmonic Orchestra. So that's one big project that I have to to get him here and to do master classes. He's also a fabulous teacher. Do master classes for our students, you know. Um, so that's a big project that I'm working on these days. Um, I'm also working on continuing to expand the, the community music school at the university. This is um, um, something that I, I really want to expand it to younger students with uh, possibly Dalcros or uh, kinder music classes before they get to an instrument. I'm not so inclined to start kids when on, on an instrument when their motor skills are not developed. I do believe that we 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 want to teach them rhythm and and pitch and dancing and feeling the music in their bodies before the whole uh, uh, motor uh, skill that instruments like a cello requires. You know, um, so those those are the big plans for for this coming year. Hopefully, <laughs> wow, sounds big. Mm -hmm. Well, best of luck with all of it. Thank you so much. <laughs> and thank you for sharing this, uh, the, the stories and the perspective. This, is, um, this has been a, a real treat. I knew it would be. Well, it's great to be here. All right. Well, and, and in the course of like the crossroads or any other reason, if, that, if the New York and, and California happen to meet in Wisconsin, you, you have to let me know. It would be great to... Definitely. And it will happen in Madison. It will right. happen in Madison. <laughs> outstanding. Outstanding. I'll, I'll keep my, my ears open for that. That'd be great. We'll, we'll do. We'll let you know. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, Karina. And thanks, everybody. 
Happy practicing all weekend, and we'll see you the same time next week. Take care.